Is that on? That pulls. <laughs> Hello, people. Hi. Uh, welcome to February. Hey. Just. Just about. Yeah. Uh, and the second podcast of the year, our first proper one with six new albums. Yes. Um, and not only are we covering quite a few genres in this particular <laughs> uh, podcast, uh, but we also do some quite good country hopping as well. Start off with two from the good old US of A before paying a visit to Poland, the Netherlands, the UK and Sweden before the end of the podcast. Yeah, fitness name. Positively cosmopolitan. It's, a co- it's an international podcast. It is. So what we've got for you uh, this month is David Crosby Cros, uh, Roseanne Cash, The River and the Thread, uh, Behemoth, The Satanist, uh, Within Temptation, Hydra, Katie B, Little Red, and I Break Horses, and yeah, I know. I can't pronounce either. <laughs> Chiaroscuro. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Chiaroscuro. <laughs> yeah. What, what he said. What he said. Uh, so, without further adieu, uh, let's go on to uh, David Crosby Cros. And uh, this is his, um, only his fourth solo album, uh, surprisingly, considering really? how long his career's Gosh. been going. Um and there were 18 years between the first two. Uh, I told you before, the first one was called If I Could Only Remember My Name, and the second one was called Oh Yes I Can, <laughs> which was a bit of genius, frankly. Uh, and there's actually been 20 years between the third one and this one. Um, I pulled out a quote that he said about making this album, saying, I wanted to challenge myself. Most guys my age would have done a covers record or duets on old material. Mm. Uh, this album won't be a huge hit. It'll probably sell 19 copies don't think the kids are going to dig it but I'm not making it for them I'm making it for me yeah. so what do we think of Mr Crosby he's made it for him he has yes. yeah, he has hasn't he let's be honest um, I, you know this this was one of those albums where you, I started listening to it and I thought oh, it's very middle of the road and comfortable slippers and shoes um, and, and actually the, the, the more it went on um, and yes, the comfortable slippers and shoes elements did come back. Um, I actually found myself quite enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it it had that sort of that sort of eighties middle of the road kind of yeah, a and, and country album twang. Well, that and also you got the kind of uh, elements of the kind of jazzy eighties sting yeah. as well. Yes. Um, mixed with kind of that um, unsurprisingly West Coast gentleness, kind of Steely Dan yes. kind of. As you say, kind of mellowness. Mellowness, but a dated mellowness, all the same. Yeah. Um, but but as I say, the more this album went on, the more it, 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 it you sort of fell into the vibe. Um, and he's such an old hippie, bless him as well. Um, I just loved his bombos on on life and meaning and yeah, there's some really and, good and years. There are some great lyrics. By. Um, I, I really enjoyed some of those, um, and some of them just made me smile. So it's it's hard to be overly critical, um, although I would say overall this is definitely an album for him. <laughs> definitely not one for the kids. No, definitely not. Kids, one I include anyone probably under the age of forty-five. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I think you're kind of I think you're kind of right. I think it is it is it's it is a middle of the road album, but in the best possible way of yeah. saying middle of the road album. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those things that gently creeps up on you, and more than more than anything else. As you say it starts off, and you think, "No, oh, this is a bit kind of yeah, whatever." And then 
I say there's some great there's some great lyrics, some quite funny lyrics. Um and the song I think it's yeah, Time I Have. Um I like the stuff that says uh, people do many things that make me mad, but angry isn't how I want to spend what time I have. Mm. Cognitive dissonance, they call it. I wonder just how small it could be made to be. And I quite like that kind of... Yeah. Any, anyone that can get cognitive dis- dissonance into yeah. into a song lyric yeah. deserves respect, frankly. Uh, and yeah, I, I agree. I, mean, I, I think um, there are... I think Time I Have actually is one of the stand, standout tracks. I um, like Dangerous Night. Dangerous Night and the Clearing I also really liked mm. as well, yeah. Um, and Dangerous Night has that I tried to write to Buddha and it comes out guns mm. line at the start, which is also really good. And as I said, with the Sting kind of thing, you've got kind of Winter Marsalis playing a really nice sax solo on Hold On To Nothing. And there's another sax solo, not played by him, but towards the end of the album. I think it might be the last track on Find A Heart as well, which is also very nice. And it's just, you know, it's a nice record. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> nice. The only way to put yes. it, really. Yes. In the best possible way. Indeed. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> and before we move on, I should say we're introducing a new bit into the podcast, uh, or trying it out this podcast, which is to uh, look up uh, the Metacritic website to see what score an album has been given based on the critical reviews it has uh, garnered uh, to date. Uh, and the Metacritic score for the David Crosby album is 72% uh, based on eight reviews. Uh, which, is ra- which is around about the three and a half star mark, I guess, if you were doing yeah. it out of five. five and it's, uh, and it's, it's, that's half his predicted sales, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, we move on, but sticking with uh, a more gentle uh, theme, uh, to uh, the um, 13th album from Roseanne Cash, called The River and the Thread. And uh, it's the first album in a, a few years, and um, I think this is made as a kind of a, almost kind of a love letter to the South. Mm. Um, and it's our first country album of, of, the, of the year, considering what a, uh, how much we warmed to the new breed of country mm. stars last year. Uh, it seems almost fitting that we're starting off with one of the old breed, uh, no offence, at the start this year. Uh, I think this record gets up to an absolute cracking start. Uh, the feather and the, the feather's not the bird is actually one of my favourite songs of the year so 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 far. Really like the kind of uh, tone of that and the kind of the, the couplets of the feather's not a bird, the rain is not the sea, the stone is not a mountain, but a river runs through me. Mm. It's a bit trite, but actually, kind of, I think it's quite nice. Um, so, so there's that, and then the following track, Sunken Lands, which is about uh, um, I think it's about kind of servicemen fighting, fighting at the time of the Civil War being um, encouraged to sign up on the promise of being given land and the land they were given was basically land that got flooded uh, due to um, I think it was earthquakes that took place right. and so basically the land they got was essentially kind of worthless because it was all underwater yeah. so go fight for the country come back and go yes here's your lake yeah. uh, kind of thing I quite like that um, also I really like uh Modern Blue, which has a touch of kind of Lucinda Williams to it. I think the album then kind of has a big lull in the middle, and you're thinking, mm, okay, where's it going to go? But I think it ends <laughs> quite strongly. Yeah. So with uh, 50,000 watts, and when the master calls the roll in particular, which is possibly my uh, other favourite song on on the record, which is again one that's also tinged with that kind of Civil War mm. uh, theme. 
and Money Road as well at the end. Um, so for me, it's a starts well, dips, ends well. Okay. All right, I'm going to give the complete opposite review. Bar that last bit. Okay. Bar that last bit. Completely agree with you. This album ends really well. Um, nice score and 50,000 watts again. Standout tracks for me. Really, really nice. Um, I, I'm glad that we're reviewing this one with the Crosby yeah. album. Of course, they're different records, um, but I kind of had a, a similar experience. Um, I, I, I did actually find the lyrics quite trite, I'll say it now at the start and it took me a little while to adjust to to the to the the, the, the tone of this album um, and maybe it's because we have been listening to so much new country yeah of late um I, I i didn't and i still don't think this album is as good as a couple of the albums that we listened to last year that country and i'm, I'm pretty sure you probably agree with me yeah. actually but i found the way you found the lull I was lulled in. Oh. You see, so I so it's obviously affected us in different ways. So where where you say it sags in the middle, I find myself getting drawn in, and that 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 world she creates of the South, I find myself sort of getting after the initial sort of, um, yeah. I sort of found myself listening more and more to the lyrics, listening more and more to the music, and this sort of built up for me towards the end of the album. So I agree with you completely. Last you know three or four tracks, fantastic, um, but for me there was a lot of scene setting in the middle of the album. Mm. Um, whereas I, the, the beginning, I didn't didn't quite it j- jarred for me personally. Controversial people, we disagree. We disagree, sort almost. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so interesting that, that we've had similar yet completely different experiences of that album. Um, I mean, overall, yeah, it's, it's, I like like the Crosby album. Actually, no, this has got more appeal certainly than the Crosby album. Um, yeah, anyone that that's like liked country, anyone that's been introduced to country as a result of say that the Casey Musgraves and the, the Brandy Clarks and so on um, should pick this up because uh, Roseanne Cash is is you know she's a qualified country singer yeah um, country royalty I suppose exactly really. probably country royalty but yes. I wanted to get through this review without mentioning him so exactly yeah him who shall not be named yes the man in black which will be very appropriate <laughs> when we get to the next uh, <laughs> album yes, but, uh, but uh, right. for those who want to know the Metacritic uh, opinion uh, are based on 17 reviews uh, Resident Cash is on 89% so that's wow. pretty much getting kind of close yeah. to four and a half oh okay. I see what you're saying yeah there certainly are some men in black in this next review <clears throat> yeah so <laughs> we've we've brought you in kind of slowly you gently gently, gently. Um, <laughs> to say that we're changing uh, musical stylings and tempo for the next album is is, is somewhat of an understatement. Not really, understatement. Um, the next album is Behemoth, the Satanist, yeah. uh, which is the tenth album from a Polish death metal act uh, who are actually approaching almost twenty-five years in the business, unbelievably. Um, and this is very much a "Let There Be Growling" uh, record. Um, so if, if you we did a bit of growling oh. with five finger death punch last year, oh, yes. although then yes. he kind of did nice singing on the choruses. He did, yeah. Uh, similarly, similar the way Slipknot did as well. However, uh, the lead singer uh, yes. Nergal, um, <laughs> Nergal of Behemoth doesn't really do any of the kind of like do nice, nice catchy singing in the middle bit. No. Really, does he? Um, so um, Behemoth, the Satanist, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> This is the finest example of Polish extreme metal I think I'm going to listen to this year. <laughs> you, um, you could be right, yeah. Do you know... <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. Do you know what? <laughs> I actually enjoyed this album. 
<laughs> and I have to admit, I've, I've listened to it once all the way through. Yeah. I've listened to some other bits and pieces as well. Um, but uh, actually, from from there's 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 something, uh, and I guess it comes back to a point I've made before. If if you get the sort of the track listing right and the sequencing, <laughs> all right, I'll cut the crap. Um, no, it, it, it's it's a good example of metal done right musically. Um, yes, really like the music. Uh, really like the proto industrial sound and the the actual industrial sound. Really liked um, the um, the a- angels fanfares singing the the synth choirs, um, and at one point somewhere in the middle of this album, God knows where. Um, I doubt God does. I doubt God does. Yes, yeah. <laughs> his dark angel. He wouldn't knows. be welcome. No, um, knows where. Uh, it it the, there was even a little jingle jangle of, of 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 something along the lines of the only one they know by the charlatans so it went into indie for about for about 30 seconds somewhere in the middle i can't tell you where so so i was just left thinking what on earth am i listening to it's sort of a thrash thrash death metal dark metal indie fusion pop choir choral thing yeah um and um it was actually quite enjoyable as a result it's it, yeah it's it's this is a, this is a, this is a, is a a strange album it has to be mm. said and particularly when we listen to it in um, if you have listened to the, the quieter records first yes. it has to be said that it's not an album for the faint hearted no um, and on um, occasionally uh, the second track particularly uh, Fura Divin- Divinius mm. is frankly like being beaten to death with a blunt instrument mm. um, yeah it's, that's as heavy as you're going to get however you are right actually music, musically there, there's there's a lot to be praised in what's going going on um particularly if you think of tracks as of this the song uh, Messe Noir which starts off kind of so-so but then then mm. builds and has a really really great last minute instrumental yes this was great guitar playing stuff great um similarly Aura Pro Nobis Lucifer and the Satanist itself uh, the title track reminded me a bit of like Slayer mm. really but slightly even worse vocals um and Satanist is um you could almost say the Satanist would be the single, even though it's not the single because it, it is—it's the most commercial of an uncommercial album. Yes. It's kind of slowy, starts off that kind of big Black Sabbath type riff, slow riffs, yeah. some kind of drum runs going on, and and then my favourite thing is the two final tracks on the album. Yeah, both have spoken word the spoken bits. Spoken word, yeah. Uh, so I you've got in absence yeah. of light, which has. Uh, even do, even managed to do an even better thing of not only um, having spoken word, but also having um, uh, acoustic guitar. Yes, and spoken word. Yeah. One of those classic uh, metal you must do uh, yes. things. Um, but that's just setting you up for the mastery of the ears. Oh Father, Oh Satan, Oh Son. <laughs> at the end of the album, they saved the best for last. <laughs> and you know this is a track that is part Sisters of Mercy, part Led Zeppelin. Yeah. part spinal tap yes and yet it's kind of good yes it <laughs> and works. I kind of like that track yeah, a no, lot yeah I completely agree I mean you, is you right you get past the first I mean the the, the the opening blow your trumpets Gabriel yeah is, is uh, that sets the scene you get past that second track yeah you have you, to acclimatise if you crack it if you can acclimatise your ears and your mind to this record you can actually enjoy it and, uh, and and when we get that spoken word towards the end 
and that acoustic guitar just for a moment you're just thinking I've almost made it yes <laughs> to the end of this record <laughs> but it's only you know, it's 44 minutes so it's, it's, it's it doesn't again it kind of gets through it it's enough <laughs> well yeah it has to be said yeah and isn't, 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 isn't the uh, guy the, the main guy the singer isn't, hasn't he been uh, suffering from leukaemia or something yeah, as I well mean, uh, this album was made on the back of his, his recovery and uh, obviously informs I was going to say informs the dark tone what have they done before I yeah mean, well it doesn't apparently cause he, cause he, cause this, apparently the gentleman is a satanist and uh, and didn't turn to God when he was di- when he thought he was dying of cancer so he stuck to his uh, guns as it were okay um yeah, well, there um, you go. <laughs> there's not much more to say on that, really, is there? No. Apart from saying that that it has been incredibly well reviewed, um, and actually has its Metacritic score. Um, where have I lost it? Is ninety three percent based on nine critic reviews? Mm. And you would be tempted to think, oh, is that just people like Kerrang and stuff, Metal Hammer, those yeah. kind of things? Kerrang did give it five stars. However, also the Guardian newspaper also yes. gave it five stars. Yes. Spin magazine gave it the equivalent of kind of four and a half stars. Right. I think so. Did Pop Matters. So it is an album that is going down well, particularly with the metal fraternity, but also with those who are, I suppose, like a bit more kind of open-minded to uh, try out new stuff. If you this were, is the, this is the breakthrough for extreme yes. metal. <laughs> it's the album. crossover album. Yeah, you heard it here. So, <clears throat> moving on, uh, we stay with metal, sort of, um, but again, um, uh, totally different from uh, Beh- in Behemoth. We have the sixth album from a Dutch symphonic metal uh, <laughs> band led by Sharon Den Adel, uh, and they're called With In Temptation, and the album is called Hydra. Uh, and th- this is a band that definitely fall into that kind of. Um, Evanescence, Lacuna Coil mm. type, yes, popped musically. I suppose if you were trying to do that thing that bands hate you doing, which is trying to pigeonhole them. Um, and I think because this is a sixth, that sixth album, they said that what they were trying to do was to try and take their symphonic metal sound and kind of enhance it and add to it. Um, so in that sense, we have we have a a rap on the album. In fact, we have the exhibit appearing on the third track of the album and when we and we run and considering some of the rap rock uh, crossover things we've uh, experienced <laughs> in the last couple of years this is actually one of the ones that works <laughs> much better than quite a lot of the others yeah um it's actually not that bad and this is it's an, again this is one of those great this is one of those albums that you listen to and it's kind of okay it's not kind of dazzlingly brilliant, mm. but but it, it's it's well put together. You've got some catchy tunes, so Let Us Burn, uh, which is the opening track, um, Paradise, What About Us, where she does uh, also sings with Tarja Turunen, who is also a similar uh, singer from the band Nightwish. Um, and, and, the, and the final track, uh, The World Is Watching, which reminded me a lot of Nina Gordon's Tonight and For The Rest Of My Life, uh, which is a duet with Solar Silence, uh, Dave Perna. And the biggest disappointment for me, though, was the second track, Dangerous, says featuring Howard Jones. I thought, oh, brilliant. Turns out it's not Howard Jones from the 80s. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the man who gave us what is love. It's actually, apparently, the ex-lead singer of Kill Switch Engage. But there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what do I know? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, well-crafted, but ultimately unremarkable record, I'd say. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, it, it's 
it's uh, I was about to say solid album. I said I'm not going to say that. Um, it after I think it suffers um, listening to the previous record and that this one well for a start you can understand what's going on you love and hear it uh, but, but again I just found that the, some of the, the sort of symphonic rock of the rock just yeah. jarred a little for me and that might just be personal taste um, but again there was one amusing moment I think it was in Paradise What About Us uh, I suddenly heard ABBA Yes, Abba. You know, no, no. Actually, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I heard Abba and, yeah. and uh, Roxette. Yes, several times in. It was the, definitely in, a Scandinavian yeah. thing. Going on. It was only subsequently I found out they were Dutch. Uh, but I was like, there's definitely a Scandinavian thing going on here. Um, so yeah, no. <laughs> so that made me cheerful because I thought so cheerful. That made me laugh because um, it, it, it just sort of had that. It was almost a pastiche of an Abba song, but done with rock <laughs> Abba were rock Abba, yeah Abba were rock but this was this is sort of more in it you know yeah, you know what I'm saying um, so it yeah that that, that 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 was amusing and there was well, there were one or two other moments I found the close of the album a bit a bit tedious um, with the with the duet with the the, the spoken was there any spoken word on this sorry I'm getting confused <laughs> I don't think there was there wasn't was there no no it felt like there should have been <laughs> So that's, what, that's what was missing from yeah, this there was, album. There was the, the, the sort of ballady bit towards the end. It's like, you made a duet with a band. And you felt like one of them should just say how much I loved you during the, the recording of this record. And uh, yeah, no, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't happen for Metacritic either, because it's not had a single uh, critic review, oh, apparently, right. apparently, according to Metacritic. I can't, yeah. believe, I can't believe that is true, but no. apparently not. So, yeah. So our opinion stands there. Our right? opinion stands on this one. Yeah. So, so all right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So moving on, we uh, again change uh, musical stylings and uh, go to the second album from Katie B, Little Red, and we ex- reviewed her first album. We did that, didn't we? Yeah, um, and I was I found it very. I didn't want to listen to it. I mean, the first album or yeah. our review. <laughs> Just thought I'd get that in there. Okay. <laughs> So we're more in the kind of uh, R&B garage type uh, house yeah. deal um, going on here, I guess. Um, so does it work for you or not? Uh, surprisingly, uh, first time I listened to this, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I thought, I was, again, I didn't want to listen to, deliberately listen to, to the first album again because I didn't want, really want to Im- it to influence this because I, this album sort of came on for me and it was very loud and very triumphant and very... Um, tight in terms of in terms of the production and in terms of the house, yeah. and uh, and, I thought, and that sort of really appealed to me. Um, and it was only later, as the album progressed, I started to hear some of those garage hints coming back through that reminded me of her earlier stuff. Um, but so I, I felt that this was. Um, I tried to express it in a tweet because I knew this gag wouldn't work on a recording on the radio. Um, but it was a sort of it was less KTB or but uh, mm, yeah. more KTB it felt like this is KTB she's arrived um, the first time round was just you know a warm up this was this was banging from the very start um, so what else can I add to that any, any, any standout tracks for you certainly not um, the ballad uh, uh, crying for no reason. It's also the single. Uh, one of the singles. Yeah, yeah. one of the singles. Um, certainly not that. Didn't like that at all. Rest of the album though. Um, after a second listen, perhaps started to be a bit more critical in my appraisal of it. Um, 
So so first time round, yeah, banging album. Second time round, I was a bit more okay, but still really enjoyed um, um, some of the earlier. I, I preferred the first half of the album. Sure, we've not said that for a while. No, we haven't. I, I actually prefer, I found that the sort of reliance more on the '90s house music appeals to me. Oh, that's, that's again a personal taste and age thing. Um, but in the second half, she sort of draw drew on some of the more recent influences in garage sound, and and we know our, our new friend Sampha's on there. Indeed, yes. I'll leave you to mention him at the moment. I will do that, yeah. And, um, and I also quite like Still, at the very end, which, again, a ballad, but, yeah, I didn't mind that one, for whatever reason. Yeah, um, <laughs> this, the start of this al- album, when the album kicks off, I was ready to start singing Pump Up The Jam. <laughs> um, See? On Next Thing, I was, uh, you know, I was thinking, oh, yeah. okay, that's, jump, that, that's jump, where we jump, are, jump, is it? Jump, jump. And... <clears throat> and <sighs> Obviously, you know this. This isn't. This isn't really my musically. If I was picking genres of music that I like, like and this dislike, dislike, or mm. well, not that this is dislike, but ones that I get less. Mm. Uh, this is certainly one of one of those kind of things. Um, uh, it's interesting you said for cry, crying for no, no reason. I, I I think at its best, there's no denying that songs like crying for no reason and five a.m., which I actually think is the best track on the record. I really like five a.m. Um, yeah. Have commercial commercial yeah. catchiness. Um, which I suspect is the uh, Guy Chambers' influence on those two tracks. Yes. Um, but interestingly, with Crying for No Reason, I'd been thinking this was a Rihanna single for weeks. <laughs> I'd heard it several times on the radio, and I actually... Yes. To them, and I think that's the problem with this record. Yes. It's just too hard to distinguish most of the material on this album from a whole host of other artists that are out there from the fact that there's lots of transatlantic phrasing in the way she's kind of singing mm. you've got lots of stock R&B sound palettes that you've seemingly billions of US R&B artists mm. are tra- tra- troping out except for a few throwing in a few house bits here a few grime yeah. bits here and a few garage bits here to try and change it and I think because of that I actually think whilst it's a perfectly fine example of what it is mm-hmm. I think it's a shame that there's not enough for me there's not enough of, of her individuality coming out and mm-hmm. she's starting to do what lots of other artists doing which is just you know you could put a track on and it could be absolutely any one of five or six dozen mm-hmm. female artists singing it there are a couple of ch- things where that's different one as you said there's the song Play uh, which is her and Sampha who we uh, reviewed in the last podcast and funny enough, similarly to what I thought about him on those things, mm. I thought this this track also has that similar kind of early Todd musically keyboardy type thing going going on, and it's not a, not a brilliant track, but it's a solid duet, and at least you can actually kind of hear her individuality a bit more on that kind of thing. I agree with the the track at the end. Uh, still, mm. it's probably the closest other thing to that for yeah. me, but overall, I think whilst it is a Solid record yeah. for this type of music. Yes, um, I think she's getting lost in there. I, I see. I, I would agree with you to a point, and that's why I think the second half of the album there was more of her coming back through. Um, there's definitely more of the London, the London coming back through. Um, I, I do see what you're saying. Tracks like tracks like Crying for No Reason and Aaliyah. Um, dreadful, dreadful, could, dreadful. Could, yeah, but clearly hit records either side of the Atlantic. So I do agree with you there. 
Well, I guess if you're asking, what are you trying to achieve? She's clearly gone for a more commercial album. Yeah. So tick tick the box. I mean, it, it, it's 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 certainly tighter in terms of the production than the first album, which I seem to recall we've had actually. When I think about the conversation we just had, we had a very similar conversation last time. Possibly. Possibly. Um, so you know, what I'm curious to know is, and I, I saw that this was available. I think it's on iTunes or one of the other providers. Is there's a continuous mix. Of, of this record, um, which I'm sure would go down with you. Like well, three. well, I, lis- I, li- I did listen to the the extended special version did of the al- album, which has about another ten tracks on yes. it. So, yeah. yeah, that was more than enough for me. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Um, the con- <laughs> so I'm quite curious to dig out the continuous mix because I I know that the, 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 this this thing I keep saying about you know the sequencing and the track order being so important to an album, she kind of throws that out and actually it's actually in a different order. So okay. I wonder if that would be a different review, but that's obviously just one for me. Yep. Uh, <laughs> back with the good folks at Metacritic. We uh, based on twenty six reviews, her mm-hmm. rating is seventy five percent. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Pretty good score. Not bad. So we move on to the final album of this podcast. Um Chirosuja. <laughs> Chiaro Oscuro by I Break Horses. <laughs> See, I, their first album was called Heart. Why can't I just go, go back to that? I mean, for yeah. fuck's sake. Um, so, as I said, second album from a, a Swedish outfit that basically is uh, comprises Maria Linden and uh, Frederick Balk. Uh, and first album was very much. Uh, classic We'd Like to Be My Bloody Valentine right kind of ah, album okay. um, so as such some fans of that album might be a yeah. little disappointed with this this one <laughs> although actually I would argue that the My Bloody Valentine influence is still very strong on this album it's just that this is more a kind of EDM shoegaze record as opposed to a guitar fuzz shoegaze mm. record mm. Um, it's an album that kind of blends kind of 80s pop and Naughty, spacey synth sounds, yes. um, with kind of breathy, ethereal vocals that kind of move from kind of dare I say it, Enya on kind of You Burn to Madonna on Denial, mm. and then maybe even Tony Halliday uh, from Curve on Disclosure, um, which is one of my favourite tracks on the, on the album. There's an irony. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but never losing, for me, any of that kind of My Bloody Valentine-ness. Yes. Uh, and also reminded me in places of a bit of uh, School of Seven Bells, um, which is an album we reviewed uh, in kind of 2012, yeah. Ghost Story. And sadly, Benjamin Curtis of that band died of cancer at the end of uh, last year. Uh, and overall, the album was like it was... That and then someone had finally, for final touch, had kind of dipped it in yellow. Yeah. Um, highlights for me, uh, I kind of like the 80s kind of ballad-leaning tunes mm. uh, I thought worked well. So, so Denial, which mm. I thought is uh, very much like uh, something Madonna could have done. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, is it the... F- I'm forgetting them, Jeff. And Way True Words. Mm. Uh, with, with it since akin to uh, the ones used on the John Grant album, I thought. Yes. Um, and I think that's arguably the album's standout track for me. Um, but also really love Faith, yes. which has a terrific kind of counter synth pattern over yes. the main synth pattern. Um, and also the album closer, uh, Heart to Know, 
which is the kind of thing you could imagine being uh, a David Lynch film soundtrack. Mm. Has that kind of slightly weird, sparse yet suffocating, affecting vibe to it. Um, so I actually, I actually really like this record. Yeah, I, um, I think we're going to agree on this one. Um, track two or three, Faith or Ascension. Um, I heard, um, heard what I'm going to call the base code for um, Depeche Mode records. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that, that's the d- double synth sound from from early early Depeche. It's early in there. Um, and can I get through this review out without mentioning Goldfrapp? Oh no. Um, definitely uh, an Alison Goldfrapp influenced sound. Not on all the tracks, because no. I'm not doing the lazy thing of just thinking female synth vocalist. Um, just some of the tracks, certainly earlier on in the record, perhaps. I also really liked uh, you haven't mentioned it, Medicine Brush, which yeah. is another one that's mostly instrumental. Um, and and sort of create creates that, and you're just you're just waiting for the lyrics to kick in, yeah. uh, and but when they don't, it doesn't disappoint you. It just keeps going. You think, oh, okay, I like it. I like the way that this is building, and that sort of introduces the sort of latter few tracks of the album, which again are probably the, the finest point of the album. Um, those that you've mentioned, in particular, you know, way true words. Yeah, um, words the finest track on the album. Um, but but overall, I really enjoyed this record. As Reasonably, did the, the critics cuts seventy four percent based on seventeen reviews. Yeah. Um, so actually, all the albums have fared reasonably well with the critics. So everything's been above kind of yeah three and a, three and a half percent above. Um, so interesting. I also checked to see if any of these things are actually charted because apparently <laughs> they, have, they have album charts and everything these days. Do they? Yeah. Gosh, we're slowing yeah, right. Apparently, according to the current UK album chart uh, for this week. Three yeah. of our albums are currently featured. Oh, right. uh, Katie B is at number eight. Obviously. Uh, debuted last week at number one. Right. Uh, Roseanne Cash is at 47. Really? Uh, having debuted at f- 25 last week. Great. Wow. And Without Temptation are at number 99. No. Despite debuting at number six three weeks ago. Number six? Yep. Blimey, what's going on there? You'll be pleased to know the Satanist uh, did chart uh, on release for one week, came in at 57, and then disappeared that trace. Oh, uh, that surprises but me. David Crosby and I Break Horses have failed to make the 100 at all. Okay, okay. I'd, I, you know, I, I'd, have, I'd have said um, that um, I Break Horses um, perhaps deserves yes, I would have more, expected more attention. It's got to be one of those records that disappears without trace. Or ends up on uh, favourite lists at the end of the yeah, year. At the end of the year, and everyone's just scratching their head going, I missed that one. Exactly. You heard it here first. Uh, I should also say before we start today, today that uh, it's an old friend of mine. Not an old friend, but a friend. Not a friend who's old, just an old friend. Glad you clarified. <coughs> Carol, uh, it's her birthday today. Uh, it's, and today being the 27th. So not listening to it in like <laughs> six months' time going, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so 27th of February. Uh, happy birthday, Carol. This podcast for you. Happy birthday. Uh so on that note, I think... Are we uh, going to do this every month? Yeah. <laughs> we'll read his letters. <laughs> Let us know if you have a... <laughs> Let us know if you'd like some uh, shameless plugging. <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, we shall see you again next month. Yes. You've been listening to the CTTV Music Podcast.